Welcome to the Binge Breakers Podcast. I'm Jacqueline. I am here to teach you how I overcame bulimia and my binge eating disorder, and how you can too. Through simple steps of mind management, repairing your relationship with yourself, understanding your habits, and intuitive eating. Hey guys, it's been a while. Actually, it hasn't been a while for you guys, but it's been a little while for me. I'm batch recording my podcast now, so I haven't recorded a podcast in three weeks. So for me, it feels like I haven't talked to you guys in forever. Here are some announcements on what's going on. First of all, we're past 25,000 downloads. Like I think last time I checked, we're at 26,000 downloads of all time, and we're getting like over 6,000 downloads a month, which is crazy. I don't know how that happened. I'm not sure. Every time I look at that number, I think it's a glitch. But I just wanted to say thank you to all of you guys out there that listen, that reach out to me, that say hello, that tell me whatever your story is. It means so much to me. And every time I read them, it reminds me of why I'm doing this podcast, who I'm helping. But I did not know that putting myself out there, sharing my story of bulimia, coaching people would be so rewarding. And I'm so blessed, like all the clients I get to meet, which are amazing people, which is what I'm going to talk about today. I love my clients so much. And course members, they're all the same. They're all clients. Like I get to hear so many stories and get to meet so many cool people. It's awesome. So I just, I love it. And it's really fun to make a difference in people's lives. So if you guys are out there and you think that there's something you know that you think would help people, I'm going to encourage you right here, right now. Start a podcast, do something, put your message out there. You don't know what your words could do to help someone else. So the next few podcasts, this podcast today is going to be about the top four things my clients struggle with, and then there's going to be a little bonus uh, thing that they struggle with too. Next week, the podcast will be about intuitive eating. I'm releasing new modules into the course. A lot of my clients or course members are not binging and purging anymore. They're good with that, but now they're learning how to eat normally. And I felt with all the questions they're asking, they needed some extra support with that. So I uploaded, I'm uploading this weekend. So Monday, there's going to be a whole bunch of new intuitive eating modules updated the course to really help strengthen their relationship with food. And so next week, I'm going to be sharing the first module on the podcast so that you guys can know what the modules are like, what's inside, and hopefully gain some knowledge and insight. It'll help you. And then for you guys that are on the fence about, should I join the course? Is Jacqueline really legitimate? Can she help me? You can at least listen to the module and get a sneak peek and see if you like it or not. And maybe it'll make you join the course. So that's what's happening next week. It's going to be all about intuitive eating. And then the finale. So, as we all know, holidays are coming up. And a lot of people are like, yay, it's the holidays. But most people dread the holidays for some reason. And for us, if you're listening to this podcast, I assume that you dread the holidays because of the food and the amount of food there's going to be and the types of food there's going to be and all of that. So, I'm creating a holiday series to help you guys out with that. First, Thanksgiving week, I'm going to release a podcast early. Wednesday morning, I'll be releasing a podcast all about Thanksgiving, and it's going to be the first of a holiday series of the podcast. But then after that, um, the week of Christmas, or the seven days leading up to Christmas, I'm going to release a podcast every single day. So with that being said, let's get into the episode. As you guys know, most of you know, I'm a coach. I'm a bulimia recovery coach. I help clients recover from bulimia, stop binging and purging. We attack it through this habit mindset. I teach them how to feel their feelings. And then 
I teach them how to eat normally and deal with their lives and get their lives back. Through the course of my coaching, I've met so many amazing people, but all of these amazing people that are my clients, they tend to struggle with these things. I notice a trend, not all of them, but a lot of them struggle with the same things. And so today I'm going to share with you those top four things. And then at the end of the episode, I'm going to give you a bonus thing that they all tend to struggle with too. And before I go into these things, I absolutely love all the people I get to work with. I look forward to coaching every day. I get to talk with these amazing people. Some of them, they have such different personalities. Some are like really like feisty. Some are just like really sweet. It's all amazing. Love it. And they're just people that need a little bit of help. Like they're just normal people that struggle with bulimia. We all like to think that people with bulimia are these weirdos. Or we like to think that because we have bulimia, we're just weirdos. No one else struggles with it. It's just us. But no, a lot of people that have bulimia are normal, amazing people that just have a bad habit that they need to correct. That's all it is. So here is my insights on that and what my clients usually struggle with and how to help you with that. The first thing The biggest glaring thing that I see probably in every single client I've worked with is that they refuse to believe and or trust themselves. And it's crazy too that they don't trust themselves because like I said, a lot of my clients do so much in their lives. They have done so much to help themselves. You know, they're working with me. So they care about their future. They care about their health. They're trying to take care of themselves. But when it comes down to actually trusting themselves to make the right decision, they don't want to do it. They really believe like, I can't be trusted with anything. So I have to, I have to constantly monitor myself. I have to constantly avoid situations like going out with friends or being alone with food, all these things. And it's such a shame because they're such amazing people. They're such amazing people and they're so good at what they do. And yet they can't trust themselves to do these things because of bulimia. Because they have bulimia, they binge and purge occasionally or every day even. They think, oh, because I can't do that right. I can't do anything right. And I can't be trusted. And because they don't trust themselves, they don't believe in themselves enough to recover. Say like with food. A lot of my clients don't like to spend time alone. They try to avoid spending time alone in their apartment, in their home, because they think that's the time when I will binge and purge. That's the time I can't be trusted. That's the time that I definitely will just throw out everything I've learned from you and I'll just binge and purge. Like I can't handle that situation. And they tell themselves that over and over again. That's the story that they tell themselves. So how do we build that trust again? Well, we push them to go into those situations. So instead of constantly avoiding it, We talk with the situation that they're so scared of, and we make a plan for how they'd actually handle that situation differently, and then we push them into that situation, which is always the hardest part, right? It's actually doing it. But what happens is when I tell my clients, when I show them how they could handle things, and I push them to do it, and they actually do take action, and they push themselves into that situation, they are genuinely surprised by the fact that they can handle a lot more than they give themselves credit for, and it actually wasn't that bad. A lot of times we build things up in our head to be so scary, to be so awful. Like me with my to-do list, I'm always like, oh, it's going to take so much time. I can't do it. It's going to be so hard. And then when I actually sit down and do it, it's not that bad. I usually finish my work early and I'm like, wow, I can't believe I spent hours procrastinating on this when it really didn't take that long and it was actually kind of fun. I had one client recently who really just didn't want to spend time alone to relax. She was always trying to do something, whether it was even just like meditating or taking a walk or listening to something. I was like, do you ever just chill? 
like, do you ever just spend a night alone with you? And she's like, no, those are the times when I definitely am going to binge and purge. She didn't say it exactly like that, but that was the general gist of it. I'm like, well, what maybe if you tried spending time alone, you might actually find it enjoyable and you might find that you don't have to constantly be running from yourself. And she did. And she was pleasantly surprised by how nice it was and that she could actually handle it. So when you find that you are not trusting yourself, when you find that you're constantly fearing this thing that you think, oh, I can't handle that. Like, that's just something I have to avoid for the rest of myself, my life. Instead of avoiding it, why don't you face it? Why don't you try having the cookies in the cupboard and see how you can handle having the cookies in the cupboard without binging all of it? Face your fears and build that trust with yourself again. Because I don't care how long you've been doing something. I don't care how long you've had a habit, how long you've been bulimic. Um, a lot of people think is after a certain amount of years of being bulimic that they can't recover. That is just bullshit. That's not true. That's not, um, that's not factual. That's just a belief you've decided to believe that you've decided is true. So the only way you can disprove that belief is by taking action, facing your fears, and figuring it out. So hopefully that helps you. That's the main thing my, my clients struggle with is kind of pushing themselves out of their comfort zone and trusting themselves again. But this kind of leads into the next thing. So my clients don't believe in themselves a lot of times when I first start talking to them. But what do they do believe? <laughs> they believe in bullshit. They believe in the stories they've been telling themselves for years and years. The only way I can recover is if I gain 50 pounds and I'm never happy again. The only way I can recover is if I go to an eating disorder treatment facility. The only way I can recover is if I just someone knocks me unconscious for two years so that I break the habit completely. Like, that is not true. <laughs> it's just lies that you've been telling yourself for so, so long. We come up with these stories in our head. We come up with these stories in our head of what we think is true, what we decide to believe, but you need to redecide those things. If you don't believe you can do it, then you're not going to do it because why would you even try? If you don't believe that that recovery can actually be better than what you were experiencing now or what you were experiencing before you fell into your eating disorder, then why on earth would you recover? These stories, these beliefs that you have, the things that you believe in, list them all out. Take a look at them. Redecide what you believe because I am telling you, there are so many limiting beliefs in this world and they're holding you back. They're not doing you any favors. And it's really nice because my clients come to me with these beliefs and they don't even realize that they have that belief. And it's funny, after my clients start working with me for a little while, they then <laughs> go through this kind of phase where they kind of try to edit their speech a little bit. They're like, well, I know that I shouldn't believe this, but I am believing this. And it's like, yes. And of course, like, I do this too. I have a coach as well. I go to my coach and I say all these things and she's like, well, you know that that's BS, right? You know that that's not true. And I'm like, right, right. <laughs> and they catch me in my, um, they catch me in my crap all the time. So as I talk about these things with my clients, everybody struggles with it. That's why it's so nice to have a coach because they call you out on the stuff that you don't see right at the forefront. It's so easy when you're in your own mind and you're believing all of these stories that you've kind of chosen to believe. It's so hard to sometimes see that. And it's so hard to be like, oh, I'm just choosing to sit in this instead of furthering myself, instead of pushing myself to be uncomfortable and kind of making excuses for myself without realizing that I'm making those excuses. So that is the second thing in <laughs> believing in bullshit uh, and why, how we go through that. So if you don't have a coach, 
and you maybe can't afford one, whatever, you just don't want a coach, you think it's absurd, try actually writing out your beliefs, like I said, and just every day, that's why journaling is so helpful because you do a brain dump, but try to look at all your beliefs and look at which ones aren't serving you. If you have a belief like, um, I was talking to one of my clients the other day, actually, and she said she's working on binging and that the fact that when she went to try to stop binging, her mind would say, if I stop binging, if I don't have this other apple or I don't have this further granola bar, then that means I'm restricting and that's way worse. So I might as well binge. That's a belief that's not helping her because binging is not self-care. Overeating is also not self-care. But she was kind of letting that thought, that mindset of, well, if I don't eat this apple, then I am restricting. When in fact, if you don't eat this apple, you're giving yourself some self-care by not stuffing your body, right? It's not it's not healthy for your body to overconsume that that amount of food. But she didn't realize that it's kind of like that's kind of a bullshit belief, right? So list out your beliefs, write them all down, try to see which ones affect your behavior. Think about one belief at a time and think, when I believe this, what do I do? How do I act? How does it affect my life? Does it affect it negatively or positively? If it affects your life negatively, then why are you choosing to believe it? Come up with a new belief. Keep practicing that belief. And when your mind gives you the old belief, say, hey, we're not doing this anymore. This is BS. We don't want this. So that's how you handle that. Okay, the third thing my clients do, and I do this too, and a lot of other people do this, is they hold themselves to these absurd standards. Now, my clients are people that do so much, as I've said. They have businesses, they have families, they have careers, they have goals, they have perseverance, they have compassion. They have amazing things going on, and they're just amazing, creative, spontaneous, lovely people. Love talking to them, love getting to know them. However, they have absurd standards that they hold themselves to that they would never hold anyone else to because they don't reach this one arbitrary standard. They don't reach this one standard that they think will make them happy or the standard that makes them more worthy of a person. Then they have nothing to be proud of and then they're not good enough. Or they have to continually be pushing themselves to do new things and be better than they were yesterday. And that leads to complete burnout, complete overwhelm, and then fuck it, I'm just going to binge and purge because I'm miserable, because I'm constantly trying to outdo myself. They're li literally running from themselves. It's heartbreaking. And because of this, they don't really give themselves credit for anything that they do because it's never good enough. I said this in the, the last episode, which is unconditional love, but when you constantly try to chase after goals for validation, when you constantly are measuring your worth from other people, from other things, from the goals, it will never be enough for you and you'll constantly be trying to get to the next step and you'll never feel satisfied and you will never be enough. It's an awful race. It's like you're on a hamster wheel, just going, going, going. You never reach the top because there's nowhere to go. You're just running that wheel. Instead, I try to help my clients by helping them find what they think is important in their life and believing in themselves, believing that they are enough as is, and everything they add to themselves is just adding to the amazingness that already is them. They have this belief, and I do this too, they have the belief that if they don't chase after these goals, if they don't constantly push themselves and put themselves down when they're not trying to achieve these goals, then they will regress or they will be seen as lazy or they will be seen as not enough or they're seen as selfish. 
We can't be going 24-7, though. That's just not possible. One of my clients, she really struggles with taking breaks. Actually, a lot of my clients do. A lot of them seem to have issues with taking a break. A lot of them will eat to take a break. They'll be like, I'll have a snack, and that's an excusable thing to take a break with. Or a lot of them will just end up binging and purging because they're like, I need to decompress, and I don't know how to do that without binging and purging, so that's just what I'm going to do. I need a break. I need to silence myself. I need to go unconscious because this constant hamster wheel race that I'm on is awful. It's hard. So instead of holding yourself to these arbitrary standards, it might be really good for you to decide, again, with the beliefs, like, what do you... What are your standards for yourself? Are they ridiculous? And why do you think that if you meet, if you have a certain amount of money, if you have a certain amount of friends, a certain amount of um, relationship status, fame, followers on Instagram, whatever, does that really make you more worthy than other people? But a lot of people take those numbers, they take um, all of those kind of arbitrary standards of weight, of all these things, and they think this is what makes me worthy and that's just not true. When it comes to my clients and how we go at this, I try to really pick apart these ideas and show them how endless this could really be. Like, if this is how you're measuring your self-worth, if this is how you're keeping yourself to, is this sustainable? And does it really make you happy? Because when you try to reach those goals and you think this is going to make you worthy, you're not happy anyway. So why not just be happy now? And then each standard you try to reach is a fun process. Why don't you just enjoy being present? So we really pick apart those beliefs. We really go through it one by one and try to untangle the whole mess. And because my clients hold themselves to arbitrary standards or absurd standards that they would never hold anyone else to but themselves, this is the uh, fourth one, they don't give themselves any credit. They don't give themselves any credit for the work that they do with me too. Yeah, they came to me as a coach, but I just tell them... You know, I give them advice, I call them out on things that they're thinking that aren't helping them, but they have to actually put into work. They have to show up to the consults, they have to actually take the homework I give them or the suggestions I give them and put them into action. They have to go through the discomfort of feeling their urges and not acting on it. They have to go through the comfort, discomfort of facing bulimia, of trying to figure out how to eat, of maybe gaining some weight or losing weight or not being sure what's going to happen. They have to do all that work, but then they say, well, it's, you know, you did it. You told me to do these things. I didn't really do anything. It was kind of easy. Like so many of my clients, when they first start working with me, some of them will just immediately stop binging and purging. And it's amazing, right? And they're like, well, it's probably just because I'm motivated. It's because I'm really motivated. It's whatever. Or I'm having a really easy week. I'm sure when things pick up again, then it will be better. Or it's because I'm in this location versus that location. It's like, no, you did it. You went through urges. You didn't binge and purge. Stop giving credit to other things and give credit to yourself. I don't like seeing that. And I know because I've used to do it for so long. It's really important to pat yourself on the back. And I think we see this as selfish. We see giving ourselves credit as overly confident. And that's seen as a bad thing in society. But Confidence is attractive and confidence is nice and giving yourself a pat on the back, telling yourself, hey, you did a great job. People respond to positivity and you respond to positivity. The more you treat yourself with kindness and compassion and actually loving yourself and congratulating yourself when it's due, you're going to continue those actions. When you focus with habit change, when you focus on the victories, even the small ones, you're more likely to do that action over and over again because you have a positive association with it. 
when you actually do something correct and you're like, oh, it's a fluke. It's not, it didn't even, it wasn't even real. It probably wasn't even me. It just happened by accident. You're probably not going to repeat that as often because you think it wasn't even you that did it. And it wasn't even that good. So what's the point in continuing to remember that action? What's the point in repeating that action? So congratulating yourself really does have um, long-term habit effects, but it's also just a better way to live. Why wouldn't you want to have some praise from yourself when you do something right? Isn't that much better than just punishing yourself constantly and only focusing on on the negative? I enjoy patting myself on the back when I think it's due. A lot of people think that if they congratulate themselves on things, then they, again, with the arbitrary standard stuff, that they are content with that and that progress alone. That if they say, oh, I did a good job, then this is where I'm going to stay. That's complete absurdity. That's ridiculous. That's not true. If you reward yourself, you're more likely to keep on trying to do the same thing and push yourself to do more because you're training your brain. And I think we are scared to admit that we did something right because we fear that it's not going to happen again. We do fear that it's not real, that it was an actual fluke. And like, let's say my clients that haven't binged and purged for two weeks, a month, whatever, when they start to realize that it's gone, they also start to then suddenly second guess themselves and be like, is this real? Especially when they first start out. It's kind of like, is this real? This can't actually be happening. I must, something must be going wrong. I'm going to mess it up. I'm going to, something horrible is going to happen. And this happened to me a lot when I was starting my business. When people started handing me money, instead of being happy about it, when instead of like being overjoyed that, hey, I'm in a career that I actually enjoy now and I'm making money, I'm going to be able to pay my bills, um, all these things, I felt incredibly uncomfortable. I felt like I wanted to throw up. Because I wasn't used to the success and I thought that I was going to screw it all up. I had such crippling self-doubt whenever people handed me money, whenever people said, yeah, I want to work with you. It wasn't this joyful experience because I thought, you're going to fuck it up. You're going to mess it up. You really, really need to give them their money back. They don't know what they're doing. You just swindled them. You don't, they don't actually know that you're a real coach. They don't, they don't understand how bad you are. You're going to screw them up. And that was never true. I've helped so many people now and that's amazing. But it's still, I had to go through that discomfort of helping people, of taking money and taking the risk and putting myself out there. And that's what my clients are doing right now. And it's hard. It's hard for them to give themselves credit. It's hard for them to say, no, it's you that's doing it and you're going to continue doing it. And even if you mess up, even if the success you had today goes away tomorrow, you're not the same person anymore. You can get out of it. You know what to do now. You can, you're going to handle the failure completely different than you would when we first started together. So I hope that made sense to you guys. Now the bonus one, the last one, this sounds kind of mean, but it's very important and we all do it. It is dramatizing things, making things confusing. Making, overcomplicating things, basically. When I ask people, why did you binge and purge? Like, what was the reason? Why did you do it, right? Very simple question. And the answer is, I decided to. And, um, or the answer I'm looking for is, hey, I decided to binge and purge. And when we finally get to that, I ask, why did you decide to? Why did you choose to do this? And it's like, well, it's because this, because it was too overwhelming, because it was that, um, because I had a lot of things going on. And the simple answer is, hey, 
I really wanted to decompress. I really wanted to silence the thoughts and urges and feelings that were going on in my body at the pure second that I wanted to binge and purge. And I decided to do it. And I can just as easily decide not to binge and purge. But it's really easy to overcomplicate that because if it's simple, that means somehow we're responsible and we're bad people because we chose to binge and purge. And that's not the case. I really encourage my clients to take responsibility for um, bulimia and binging and purging, not because I want them to say, hey, you're a bad person because you choose to binge and purge, or it's all on you, you're a horrible person. A lot of eating disorders are developed are developed over trauma, over bad things happening, over um, poor social environments. There's a lot of things that cause eating disorders, and people are just genetically predisposed to them. You are not a bad person because you have an eating disorder. But after it's developed, I do believe firmly that bulimia is just a habit. And it's a habit that has been developed over time and that you can also easily take responsibility for and say, hey, every time I binge and purge, I'm not a victim to my urges. I'm not a victim to my thoughts. I'm deciding to do that. And if I decide to do that, I can just as easily decide not to. But it's about figuring out how, how to feel your emotions, how to not give in to that crazy urge and just stop running from your feelings. But we put all this drama around it and we, we make excuses like I can't do it because of X, Y, and Z, when really you can do it. You can. So I hope this podcast made sense to you guys. It was a lot and I'm excited to keep on going with that. But yeah, I hope this podcast is helpful for you. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you found it insightful. If you notice yourself doing these things, which I'm sure a lot of you guys did, come talk to me. Let's coach together. I'm available. I'm here. I'm ready to help. (laughs) But otherwise, I'll see you guys in next week's episode. And again, to all my clients that are listening, because I know a lot of you guys also listen to the podcast, thank you for working with me and thank you for putting yourselves out there and thank you for having the courage and faith to tackle your your problems to tackle this habit to tackle bulimia head on for not running away you guys all inspire me so much i learn so much from you every time i talk to you it's been truly an amazing an inspiring experience. I I love it. I love what I do. And that's because of you. So thank you for trusting me. Thank you for working with me. And thank you for being awesome people. All right. I'll talk to all of you guys next week. Bye. Hey, if you like this episode, you have to come check out the Binge Breakers Recovery Course. If you're trying to recover from bulimia and you're sick of doing it alone and you feel like you've tried a lot of traditional therapies and it's not working with you, come join the course. Go to bingebreakers.com slash recovery dash course.